Hello everyone and welcome to Five Minutes with Forums. This month we've got all the way from Bermondsey, London, Mike and Colin from Spartan Brewery. Hi guys. Hello. Hey. How's things? Pretty good, thanks. Yeah, we're, um, oh, apologies in advance for the noise. As you can hear, we're in a railway arch, there's trains going overhead, so any, <laughs> any noise and just ignore that. Uh, but no yeah, problems. we're just gearing up, ready to open next weekend. Obviously, um, Monday's the 12th when pubs can open again, their beer gardens, and our tap room opens on a Saturday. So we're just sort of doing a year's worth of tidying, really, and prepping things ready for that. So it's good. Fantastic. Yeah, we've got everyone's got fingers crossed that it's going to go uh, go well, and people are going to get straight down back to the pubs and uh, and consuming decent amounts of beer, and let's get the, the show running again, really. That's the hope. That's that's the hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers oh, crossed. Yeah, We've both got bookings at different pubs on Monday, first day. <laughs> oh, have you? Excellent. Where, where are you going to be going? Uh, I'm going to be going down my local first and then down to the Hackney Tap. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely. What about you, Colin? Uh, so actually, we've got three bookings on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. For <laughs> and um, they're all just local to me. So, you know, nothing quite as crafty as the Hackney Tap. But, you know, local pubs with good people and, you know, good vibes. So. Should be nice. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I haven't got any bookings yet. There's there's a few pubs around my way that have got outside outside spaces, but um um yeah, I need to get organized really because otherwise I'm gonna miss out. But evenings I think I'll be able to slot in and um yeah, do do what I need to do. Right. Let's let's get on with the uh, with the questions and uh five minutes from forums. Here we go. Uh guys, what is your favorite hop? Uh, so personally speaking, I've got quite an affinity for Jester, uh, one of your hops. It's one that we first used probably close to three years, if not more, ago now. And we used it in a single hop beer. Um, back then, the beer was good, but it took a couple of weeks for the hop to kind of mellow down. It was quite punchy and in your face, um, but it came out lovely. And I guess kind of since then, we've used it multiple times. And we've noticed it's kind of improved and it's sort of, while intensity is still there, you get more of the kind of fruit and the grapefruit and the flavours we're looking for rather than just a punch in the face. Um, right. Especially with the sort of new T45 variety we've been using. So a lot of the sort of uh, fruit in this really shines through. So I guess it's a hop we've, we've used a lot and we've noticed it change and improve over the course of, you know, the last two, three, four years. And yeah, I mean, that's probably my favourite hop to use at the moment. Yeah, personally, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Bramling Cross. Um, I just love the black currently flavour that comes from it, and it's it goes into one of the favourite beers I make here, and uh, one of the first recipes I came up with. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much my favourite one. Fantastic, yeah, they're both cracking hops. Yeah, and as you say, Colin, the Jester does. People have been looking at it again in in recent years, and maybe 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 they they know how they're now knowing how to use it, or maybe there is a change in the in the in the hop. I don't know, but it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think seems... maybe taste have changed as well a bit, but um, yeah, yes. certainly the sort of first time we used it, most beers they're conditioned for a while and then they're ready to go. Whereas we just found initially that Justin needed an extra week or two just to mellow slightly. Whereas these days, you know, as I say, that's that's gone and it's it's lovely. So we're enjoying it. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, favorite beer, either the one, so... either one that you've brewed or uh, or from uh, another brewery. No, so one of my favourite beers is Five Points Railway Porter. You know, whenever I see it on cask, I just, I have to have it, no matter what else is on, it's one I always make a beeline for. 
So that, that'd be my top there. What about you, Mike? Uh, for me, it's, it's a classic. It's uh, Batham's Bitter. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm from the Midlands and uh, the local, the waterfall next to where I grew up, where my parents lived, uh, was a Holden's pub, but always had Batham's Bitter on. So it's what my dad taught me to drink. <laughs> Excellent. Is, I, I, I remember yeah. being a, going up to see Farms a long time ago and uh, being entertained by Paul Corbett and Will Rogers, and they they took me to a, a pub serving Bathams, and uh, yes, it was a, it was quite a, it was quite a, a good night. I think there was lots of beer flowing that night, and it was very very uh, Moorish. Um, I think we went uh, to a meet the brewer before we were brewers, and I think Bathams was the inspiration behind Neckle. Right. I think that's what Logan planned. Yeah, Logan Plant, yeah I guess probably a decade or so ago, we bumped, well, it wasn't a bump into, he was doing a Meet the Brewer event, one of the pubs in London. And um, I mean, being from the Midlands as well, these two were talking about West Brom. <laughs> uh, but as a result, it did transpire. He mentioned in passing that their neck oil was um, originally based on Bevan's. Obviously, it's changed a lot since then. But, um, wow, yeah. okay. And and likewise, Colin, for for me, if I see uh, five points best or five points railway porter on the bar, they're pretty much go-to beers for me. Um, they're excellent; they really are. Yeah, I had one of the uh, mini casks of the five points best over lockdown, and uh, I went down very nicely. Oh, I bet, I bet, bet it didn't last too long either. Right, what are we what are we talking about as far as uh, food pairings? I, I, I'm I'm not sure I, I do that much in the way of food and beer pairing, but have you got sort of like ideal? companions as far as food and beer? Well, I, I wouldn't class it as uh, food and definitely under the government it wouldn't be classed as food but I just love scratchings. Again from the Midlands, bag of scratchings with my pint, that's, that's my ideal food berry. Excellent, excellent. What about you Colin? Yeah, I, I, again keeping it simple, you know, if you take me to a good curry house, you know, a nice pint of lager and I'll wait for the, um, <laughs> the chiller to, to kick off. See, as I say, curry with a pint of lager, or even just a classic Sunday roast and a pint of bitter. You know, it's simple beer, good foods. That's all I need. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I can, I, I do find a, a cheese. If I ever ever have a cheese board, something like a, a pint of best or something like that, with those toffee notes, and uh, it tends to get me going. But yeah, I, I'm bar snacks and uh, bar snacks and most types of beer will work for me. Uh, favorite beer destination? Do you have anywhere in the world or in the UK that um, sort of tickles your fancy on that front? Uh, somewhere we've been quite a few times is Bruges Beer Festival. Um, wow. It's usually at the start of February and it falls around one of our friend's birthdays. And he's a big fan of Belgian beer, so going over to Bru going over to there for an excuse for his birthday is a great beer festival. <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine. What about you, Colin? Uh, to be honest, I, I quite like kind of mooching around the UK. I think there's a, a lot of, you know, cracking pubs in big cities, you know, Manchester, Liverpool, Sheffield, Norwich. Um, you know, I, I could easily spend the weekend in any of those places, uh, you know, just suck pint after pint, hopefully in the summer, you know. Um, to pick a favourite would be hard. But uh, yeah, before, before we had families and responsibilities, going away for a weekend to random UK cities and just going to all the best pubs is what we did. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Great days, great I days. I'll pick a favourite, but, you know, there's lots of good beer destinations in the UK in my mind. 
I think Manchester would be up there for a UK one. Agreed. Yeah, I was, oh. was going to say Manchester. Some of the old school traditional pubs there are just absolutely top notch. And now they've got so many cool breweries and stuff there as well that you just can't go wrong with Manchester. <laughs> yeah, I, I find Glasgow the same as well. Glasgow's a belting place, so some real interesting pubs and some uh, just places you just love to get set in and, and while away the hours with, you know, really good beer and yeah. Yeah, and no doubt snow in summer <laughs> as well. Um, they're changing weather up there. Oh, yeah. my God, we moved up to Scotland. It snowed, snowed last week. But it snowed here last week, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had snow in, in East Kent. Mind you, my old man's moved to Glasgow and he's been living there for about two years and he's he moved from Yorkshire and he says the weather's been far better in Glasgow for some reason, a lot milder. <laughs> Um, a lot more sunshine. I don't know. I don't know whether he's pulling my, uh, pulling my <laughs> but he seems to be having a good time. Um, favorite pub in the UK? Uh, so my my favorite pub would be you know again go back to memories and keeping things simple would be my old local back when I lived in Canterbury called the Unicorn Inn, oh, and uh, it's just a classic little boozer, a couple of cask beers, a bar billiards table which you you never see anywhere these days. Uh, just a nice atmosphere, you know. And whenever I go back to visit family or friends, it's always a sort of go-to pub. It's always the first place we meet and the last place we end up at the end of the night. So Yeah. What about yourself as far as pubs go? So always uh, going back to the waterfall, my parents' local. But since I've been in London 10 years, um, I've, ever since I moved to East London, every other house or flat I've moved to had to be in walking distance of the Eleanor Arms uh, near Vicky Park. Um, it's just your traditional, uh, proper, local, super friendly, local boozer. Uh, the sort of pub where on a, any night of the week, you don't have to arrange to go with anyone. You just go down and there'll always be people to talk to. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Plus, they've got an immaculately maintained pool table. <laughs> These are the, the essentials, aren't they? So what takes the pubs to another level? <laughs> yeah, bar snacks, pool table, bar billiards, those exactly. extracurricular activities. <laughs> what uh, what uh, item, one item in the brewery could you not do without? Again, for me, it's got to be the pressure washer. It's, it's just so versatile, you know, no matter what you're doing, there's always a time and a place for just getting the old pressure washer out and just hosing the hell that's going down. <laughs> You know, no matter how dirty the mash tun is, no matter how grimy the FB or the kettle is, pressure washer comes along, cuts it all off, and, you know, knocks hours off your day. Uh, that'd be my go-to. What about you, Mike? Uh, it's, uh, it's our favourite nicknamed piece of equipment, Timmy the Mallet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, only, only for people who are old enough to get the reference to Timmy Mallet. But... Um, yeah, you can't do anything without a mallet. You can't cast without a mallet. Some of the uh, pressured vessels, you can't get open without a mallet. <laughs> if anything's stuck, just hit it with the mallet. Yeah. Well, last week we were casking, and um, sort of next door, we got a brewery next door, and they kind of popped the head around and said, oh, you know, do you need two mallets? Because we were both trying to do it at the same time. And so he said, that'd be great. And he went next door, grabbed his mallet and gave it to us. And by gosh, it was massive. Oh, yeah, mate. Look at mallet, Envy. Yeah. They were lucky to get it back. It was very impressive. So just giving them ours back and said it had shrunk. <laughs>
Right. What else? What, what else have we got here? What uh, What got you into brewing? And and kind of if you weren't brewers now, what do you think? What could you foresee yourself doing as a as a career? Well, that's interesting because we both actually have full time jobs as well as the brewery. Wow. Um, so we both work nine nine to five jobs during the week, and the brewery we do on the evenings and the weekends. Uh, but what got us into it is like. I, I, I want to imagine how many other friends have sat around in a pub who homebrewed in the past and went, oh, I'd love to open a brewery. Uh, and we did. Oh, <laughs> it, it was as simple as that. We, like, we took the talk from the pub table and we gave it a go. Yeah. I mean, we had the period where we were brewing in my, my back garden. Uh, we'd, we'd meet once a month or so. Uh, we were brewing small batches of sort of 20 pints at a time. And we had it on kind of ro a rolling rotation where we'd brew a batch while drinking the previous batch and just kind of carried on for a, a good couple of years. And it got to the point my wife was like, look, you're making a mess of my house, mess of my garden. You know, you've got your sheds, but you've now expanded beyond that into the bath and the shower and, you know, the kitchen. And it's like, we kind of, we kind of sat down and was like, right, we've been doing this for this amount of time. Either we just kind of, you know, stop doing it and grow up. <laughs> or we actually, you know, put our money's where our mouth is and, and put this into practice. And here we are, I suppose, you know. And it's, and it's a hell of a commitment time-wise as well, especially if you are working full-time as well as this. This is your life, really, isn't it? This is where your, all your spare time goes. And uh, and uh, so you, you've got to love it, haven't you? And, yeah, exactly. I've got three kids at home. So finding <laughs> the time for a full-time job. Um, That's to be honest, the way coming here is a bit of a relief. Um, <laughs> It's quite yeah, relaxing. It's a bit like a crash, you know. I get to escape the kids for a day, or whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, trying to struggle the commitments. I mean, it is, it is time-consuming, and I think without elements of love and enjoying it, then obviously we wouldn't be here and the support of our our families and things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you need those people around you. What's what's uh, what about your favourite beer festivals? As in, you, you mentioned about Bruges. Um, but uh, what about UK as well? Uh, I've always, I always used to, we used to go to Reading a lot when we were in university. That was always a great festival. Yeah. Long yeah. holiday, out in the field, in the sun. You just had to get there an hour and a half before it opened because the queues were massive. Yeah. What about you, Colin? Um, so, so I guess going back to my, my Canterbury days, sort of originally I'd have said Ken Beer Festival. Uh, you know, it was always in the height of summer. It was always during um, holidays at university. So we'd always come back and everyone would meet up, you know, and um, sort of do pop crawls and the beer festival, etc. But it's changed a bit in recent times. And we've started to go a bit more to St. Albans Beer Festival. And while it may not be sort of the, the biggest and best, the most well-known one, it's, you know, in a kind of fairly quirky building, you know, not far from St. Albans a train station. It's got a couple of local pubs nearby, which are quite nice. I, I just quite like going there, you know, to, I guess, escape London as well. Yeah. Different. Yeah. We don't get as much time. Now we have a brewery, we don't get as much time to go to beer festivals as we used to. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, yeah. I think when I was young, I think one year in particular, I, I tried to average uh, once a fortnight. Uh, going to a beer fest. Well, no, it's probably probably some of the more stalwart camera members. That's nothing, but I managed twenty five in a year, and I thought that was pretty good. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Lo locally, we have uh, Planet Thanet at Easter, which is in Margate each year, which is a 
in the old Winter Gardens, which is a great festival. And uh, one other I've been to that I really liked was um, Beer, Beers on the Y up in Hereford. So I've been oh, I've been to that one once. Yeah, that was great. Uh, we camped there. <laughs> oh, did you? Wow. Yeah, that's, as I can see, that's a nice fit for that sort of festival. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I don't know time but have you got a favorite hobby outside of brewing uh I, I just love gaming be it computer gaming board gaming i just love it all yeah i like that sort of stuff what about you colin i mean similar i mean we, we've got quite similar likes so yeah <laughs> you know board games computer games quite good and um, bizarrely i've just started home brewing again <laughs> i guess in lockdown <laughs> I, I was brewing so much i decided to invest in a small home brew all up yeah, so the wife's not too happy, but I, I've basically got it kind of on the sly, <laughs> and I've kept it very simple, so I can now brew start to finish in 90 minutes. Right. Um, I cut a lot of corners, <laughs> um, but it keeps me happy, and, you know, it, it's a bit of fun in the evenings when the kids are in bed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if the, if the man of the house is happy, then, you know, <laughs> everything's right with the world. I wouldn't say I'm the man of the house. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about when it comes to designing beers between the two of you? Have you got similar sort of palettes and similar sort of appreciations for styles that you know designing the next beer is not really an issue as far as what you're going to make? Um, pretty much. I mean, we're we're both sort of big fans of long drinking sessions. You know, we just relax in a pub for you know seven eight pints, uh, just chilling and chatting. So a lot of our beers tend to be lower strength. You know, a lot of craft beers these days tend to be sort of five, six, seven, eight percent. Ours tend to be five or lower on the whole. Um, again, in line with that, they tend to be fairly lighter drinking, so they're not too, you know, overflake, too powerful flavoured. We don't use many adjuncts and, you know, lactose and, and other ingredients. We tend to keep things simple on that front. Uh, I guess the only way we do differ is I, I like dark beers, Mike doesn't. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the stats and porters myself. Like, I'll, I'll I'll try a bit every now and again, and I can appreciate a good one, but I can't I can't really sit there and drink a pint of a of a stout or a porter. Right. Like, for my dark beers, you gotta give me a mild. Yeah, I've I, I've been brought up brought up on milds really, and normally a sort of Great British Beer Festival will be my opportunity to consume as much mild as I possibly can because I don't see it very often. Yeah. Also, because because we have a a single hop series, the hop like I mentioned before. Coming up with new beers is really easy. Every time you release a new hop, we've got a new bit. Yeah. <laughs> we've currently yeah. got one brewing use um, CF182. Oh, yeah. It's one of the ones which I trialed in my shoddy homebrew setup. <laughs> and I drank all four litres in one, after, one evening. I didn't, feel oh, okay. too good. I didn't feel too good the next day, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> we basically ran with it here, and we've got you know, that in the FB right now. That's an endorsement. Yeah, Fuggles or Goldings, guys? Um, most of our beers have goldens in, so kind of by default, that would that would be the go-to choice for us. Yeah. We use we use it quite a lot for bittering because we find it gives quite a sort of mellow, sort of hints of honey, smooth bittering. Bittering. So. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I think that's me as well. Mike, would you agree with that? Yeah, it's the same. Like you don't really get single hot beer with those two, so it's it's just what we use is the one we prefer. Yeah. I mean, our best bitter uses both. And actually, is more more emphasis on the Fuggles than the Goldens, but that's uh, anomaly in our lineup. Most of them do have these Ken Goldens in. Excellent, excellent. A fine hop, if I may say. 
okay just wrapping up guys what's what's kind of next for the brewery obviously trying to get re-established again once once restrictions are lifted but um sort of have you got plans for sort of like certain beers later on in the year or what's what's going on yeah i mean right now as you say we're play, sort of playing catch up a bit so we're just trying to get our core line sort of back in stock so we're currently brewing the old favorites the best bitters um you know session ipas uh, or some things um, we do have a, a, a new take on one of our beers planned because at the moment we have uh, River Sticks, which is our easy drinking 3.7% London Porter. Uh, we're planning to make an imperial version. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Um, which, you know, is, is not you know, massively weird if you compare in other people's porters. I think we are unusual at our porters 3.7%. But that's something we're looking forward to. So, yeah, we'll be doing that yeah. in the future. That sounds great. Yeah, I look yeah. forward to that. And w- finally, where, where can uh, the uh, the watching audience on uh, YouTube or wherever they are find your beers and taste them? Uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag. So I tend to deliver quite a few beers locally to me. So living in uh, sort of southeast London, we've got quite a few micro pubs. And I'm doing a delivery tonight, actually, to Albert and Liberal Club. Oh, uh, yes. Great so place to have a beer. couple of beers on there. And there's a there's a chain a small a small chain called Bottle Apostle uh, in London a bottle shop and wine shop and they uh, generally stock our cans and bottles. Fantastic, brilliant. Well, guys, thank you very much indeed for joining me, especially on a Saturday when uh, you're going to be obviously busy doing other things. So uh, much appreciated, and thanks for your time. And I wish you well for the for the coming weeks and months. And I hope uh, I hope business reestablishes itself. Hi everyone, it's John from Charles Fairham. I'm talking to Colin and Mike today from Spartan Brewery about their favourite beer in the feature Just Add Water. Colin and Mike, hello. Hiya, guys. Talk to me about your, the favourite beer that you make and uh, what were the ideas behind it and, and if you can, how you make it. I guess we probably have um, a favourite beer each. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they're, they're different, <laughs> as you ask. Uh, mine personally would be um, a London Porter we make called River Sticks. Um, unlike other London Porters, it's quite low ABV at 3.7%. So um, it's one of those beers where it's quite light in body as well. So, you know, a lot of people will think of, oh, you know, dark beers, good for the winter, they're heavy, they're warming. This is light, it's refreshing, but it still has the elements you'd expect from a dark beer. So it still has the roasted notes, it still has the coffee, it still has that complexity, but it's just all kind of taken back a notch and it's, you know, easy drinking all year round, um, but also good in summer, which is unusual for, for a dark beer. What, what do you hop it with, Colin? It's actually hop with East Kent Goldens. Right. Um, just single hops. They're nice and simple, but it, it's got a nice floral note. Um, you know, a little bit of sweetness from the from the bitter in as well, but not too much. And then I think there's eight different malts in there, which sort of wow. adds the complexity. Yeah, really. it's, it's yeah, one of the most complex malt bases we actually have in, and then our lowest ABV beer, which I think is something. The lower strength the beer, the more effort you have to put in with your with your yeah. malt uh, to get the, the right flavour. To be honest, it's quite annoying because we, we make batches of beer and um, because we don't brew overly often, we like to try and use up entire bags of ingredients at a time. So typically when we plan recipes, uh, whether it be malt or hops, 
we try and round ingredients and the volume we're making to use up whole bags of things. So, you know, hops come in five kilo packs, we try and use five kilos. Malt comes in 25 kilo sacks, we try and use 25 kilos. But of course, when you're using eight different malts in a sort of low ABV beer, you don't need 25 kilos of black malt, you know? <laughs> so so we, we, it's one of those beers which is good to make, but it's annoying because we end up getting so much stuff in and then we have part bags of stuff around. So. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Did, did you find that it sells, you managed to sell it throughout the year or do you have a, a point during the summer where it, it doesn't get made because people are wanting to drink paler beers? We, I, I think actually people really like it in the summer. Um, people see it like sometimes they need to have a quick try. They say, "Ooh, uh, uh, like if it's a hot day and people are looking for a darker beer, it's it's the right beer for it because it's it it's got as Colin said the traditional things that a porter does, but it's also quite refreshing and quite light. Yeah. Um, so we tend to sell it all year round, and it's a big, big favourite at the Orpington Liberal Club. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a club, they're one of our few clients who regularly buy dark beers all year round. You know, most of our, our trade sales to pubs are pale beers just because they, they either don't shit enough dark beer or they don't think they will, so they buy them in. Whereas the Liberal Club is one that always sells dark beer. And a lot of their members, not to, not to be rude, tend to be sort of older. I tend to also like dark beers, which are lower ABV. Um, so there we find it sells, sells very well. And they, they love getting it in because it pleases them because it's dark and also because it's low ABV and full of flavour. Yeah, it ticks all their boxes. Yeah, so yeah, one of their favourites for sure. But yeah, I mean, dark beers in summer is always a hard sell, we find. Yeah, I, I, I do get that. But I, I, I really like dark beers as well. And I'm always on the lookout. And I get a bit frustrated sometimes. I'll go to many of the pubs around here and there won't be a dark offering at all so it's uh yeah it's good to and i don't really want to drink guinness so uh it's uh yeah it's a little bit of a a pain but um yeah i'll look yeah. definitely look out for that we always try and have something on the uh, darker side on be it a mild or a porter mm. yeah i mean they're both technically core beers but due to the way we brew it doesn't mean we'll have it in stock oh, you know, yeah. all the time but most of the time we, we do you know we get it in when we can fantastic Mike, what, what about yourself? What, what a favourite beer that you, you make that... Um, uh, it would be Phalanx, our Dark Mild, um, which is uh, one of the first recipes I came up with, and it's the one that's based around Bramling Cross. Uh, and the way I came up with this is almost like homage to Sarah Hughes' Dark Ruby Mild, which is in my top five beers of all time. The only reason it's probably not at the top is because it's too strong, you can't drink it all day. <laughs> um, but so I, I, I love the idea of a rich, uh, rich, dark, mild, but I didn't want to copy it, of course. So I, I took the ABV down a little bit to around five, five and a half percent, um, and then added Bramling Cross, as, I, as, as um, we mentioned on the other podcast, that uh, is my favorite hop, and I just love the flavor it brings out. How, how late are you adding that Bramling Cross into, into the into the brew day? Sorry, into the boil? Are you? Uh, is it going very late, or do you kind of knock it back into the into the boil so you, you get a deeper flavour out of it? Uh, I, I use it multiple times throughout. So we dry hop. We've also used the um, hot burst. Hot burst. That's the badger. Yeah. Uh, the the hot burst for uh, in in place of dry hopping, which right. means you get really the intense uh, black currently flavour. Uh, that you're really looking for from that hop. 
Uh, but yeah, so all the way throughout, so a bit at the start, a bit at the end of the boil for a bit of a whirlpool and then some in the dryer. I must say the whirlpool pots on that one are extreme given, you, you think dark mild, you think, you know, multiple words, you know, not too hoppy, but it's probably one of our biggest hop additions later on in any of our beers, you know, oh. it's up there with the pale ales and the IPAs, it's, it's a lot of rambling cross. Yeah, it's, it's surprising how much you need in there to counteract the rich flavor to actually get the blackcurrant notes in there but when it comes through it's fantastic and, and again the complexity of the grist have you are you you mixing it up as far as your specialty grains going in or is it uh, it's, it's not as complex as the porter but again it, it's three or four different malts uh a touch of dark a touch of the sort of like roasted malts uh just to just to get that nice sort of ruby color when you look through it in the sun <laughs> oh yeah lovely I can picture it now. Th thanks, guys. It's really kind of you to spare your time, and and I uh, hope Spartan uh, have a good summer, and and I look forward to meeting you in in uh, in person at some stage. Excellent. Yeah. Cheers, thanks John. very much. Cheers, guys.